And I think we're on. Yes, we're live. Hello, everyone. Uh, happy Valentine's Day. And we're here with the uh, Knowledge is Power podcast live on a Sunday. And um, my co-supporting co-host, Francis Larkin. Hello, Francis. Happy Valentine's Day. Hey, how are you today? I'm great. I'm good. I'm good. Good. Yeah, uh, we're missing one co-host, I'm Donna Sherwood. And she's not here with us right now, but she'll be right, she'll be right on board, guys. I tell you that. We thank everyone for watching us and listening to us all over the, the, the community of Beaumont, Port Arthur, and all over Texas and the, the nation here. So we are talking tonight of, of we've got a guest tonight that's gonna be is one of our top attorneys in in this city. And uh, we're gonna talk about voting uh, and uh, seven and one voting. Uh, program he has uh, established, and it's going to be very interesting. So, so what happened on Wednesday? Ladonna had a little show Wednesday. What was it all about? Oh yeah, Ladonna had her first, um, her very first portion of her series of Meet the Candidate yeah. um, over at Nell's Place. There um, we I, go. That is there. Yeah, yes. there, there it is. She's going to be doing that. Um, I think until the first week of March, or possibly the second week. And she's going to be introducing some dynamic candidates for um, this coming up election. So we encourage everyone to go out and support LaDonna and to also get to know your candidates. Great, great. Well, guys, I tell you what, we're coming back with our guest tonight, Attorney James Payne. Oh, I got a little fever <laughs> reverb back. Did you hear that? I did, I did. too. I did too. It was a little reverb coming in back in the back in the back. So, hello, LaDonna. Hello. Can hey, you guys hear me? Yeah, we do. Loud and clear. We're loud okay, and perfect. clear. Well, Francis. All right. Knowledge is Power Podcast Live is a platform to share inf important information by educating Southeast Texas African American communities with valuable information on health, education, financial information and politics and don't forget business all right we're here with the great james attorney james payne thank hello, you james thank you for hello us. thank you for having i'm thank you for accepting our invitation to the best podcast in town Donna, we gave a little plug for you on your little deal on Wednesday. You, you missed that part. You was that's okay. I caught it. I was my. I saw you guys, but I couldn't get on. I'm I'm yeah. here though. Oh, good, good. So, um, Ladonna, uh, it was something I wanted to ask, but let's get started. Well, I'm super excited about tonight. And James Payne is a staple in the community and just a really important figure that inspired me um, working with the NAACP as their public relations person. Michael Cooper approached me and he said, you know, um, we're doing this. Each one reaches seven and I want to give you this sheet of paper and I want you to commit to getting seven people out to vote. And he said, you know, the page doesn't just stop there. If you could get your seven to reach seven, we want you to completely fill it in and we want you to go after this and get involved. So just on a side note, when I saw the paper, I was like, wow, you want me to reach seven people and you want my seven to reach seven people. And I was like, oh my God, how am I gonna do that? And then I started thinking and I went through my phone and I'm a small business owner and I started contacting my workers and I said, you know what? I can
can get my seven to reach seven and I could probably get that seven to reach seven and then I'll really be on it. And so James Payne and Sean Samuel, they reached out to me and 200 people later, I was like, oh my God, I'm super excited. So we are very pleased that uh, James Payne is here with us tonight because he's the first time and him and Michael Cooper were the first time that I got to get introduced to the Each One Reaches Seven platform and program and initiative to get out the vote. I'm excited about this because this being like something big for me. James, how do you feel? Well, I'll just say, <laughs> first of all, she is a superstar uh, when it comes to getting out the vote. Uh, the One Reaches Seven program was actually started uh, about four years ago and she's described it perfectly. It's a way, a grassroots effort, effort to encourage people to get out and vote. You know, when we start talking about getting people to vote, you, a lot of people talk about signs and commercials and things of that nature. Signs don't vote, commercials don't do not vote. You have to have some accountability where you actually reach people and encourage them to vote. During this particular uh, last election, we were in the midst of a quarantine because of the pandemic. And so the, some of the normal ways we would go out, you know, go to churches, go to apartment complexes, putting people in vans and trying to get everyone to ride to the polls to, together to vote, that wasn't going to work. And so the One Reach of Seven was an opportunity for us to sit just in our houses or in, in our businesses, look through your cell phone, find seven people that you can hold accountable. And accountability is really the key on the One Reach of Seven program in that not only am I encouraging seven people to vote, I'm making sure that they vote. And the reason why, the way I make sure they vote is they have to send me a sticker or some type of a receipt showing that they actually voted. And then once I complete my seven, I try to create a collage and then post that collage on social media so that people know I've completed my challenge. And then it becomes upon me to try to encourage my seven to reach their seven. And if you continue that on and on, uh, that's really how you move the community. And we've had great success with it. Uh, we have seen uh, numbers uh, well beyond statistic, statistic predictions where we've been able to accomplish some great things with just one reaching seven. Again, not really a lot of cost. All you have to do is sit in your office or sit at home and start getting on your cell phone and you can start making this thing happen. Uh, really comes from, and it was derived from Acts the sixth chapter, third verse, when you start looking at the community and having needs in the community, uh, the Bible says, find seven people of wise counsel and then encourage them to take care of the administrative works of the community so that the needs of the people, particularly the widows at that time, can be handled. Well, we were having needs in our community about encouraging people to vote. And, and you know, it, it's not about James Payne. It's not about Tony. It's not about LaDonna. It takes a community effort if we're going to really reach our community to get our community to vote. So it, it really it starts with one. It sounds like a pyramid scheme, but, but it is a pyramid. It starts with one person at the top, but really it requires everyone to get involved from an accountability standpoint. Uh, I've done this in a couple of churches uh, and I can tell you it's 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 been very interesting to watch the churches perform. Uh, you start with the pastor generally, and the pastor will reach out to at least his his or her seven. One is probably a deacon, uh, one of the, on the deacon board. You have a choir director, you have a musician, you have uh, various people, and then they go to people within their area. And you just keep doing that over and over and over again. Next thing you know, if I reach seven and my seven reaches seven, their seven reaches seven, statistics show that 95% of our churches in Southeast Texas will have voted with just three layers of people reaching seven. And that's what wow. we're trying to do. That's a great concept. We've had great support uh, with this concept. Uh, uh, we we I, I, we were able to get Beto O'Rourke. Uh, he got involved and thought it was very encouraging, and he was trying to uh, encourage others to do it. Our, our great senator from Georgia, we were, were able to vi visit about the One Reach of Seven, and he was encouraged about it as well. I know you are pushing uh, the, the efforts Stacey Abram has done. Uh, so it's an easy, you know, it, it's, you know, it's not copywritten, so anyone can do it. I think what's important is the accountability. Too many of us are just saying, yeah, yes, get out and vote. But 
you can say that, but there needs to be follow up. And we need to make sure that those people actually vote. And then once you do that, we have challenges. You know, I'm looking today. Today is Valentine's Day challenge. You post something on Facebook uh, about Valentine's Day or, or in your social media. We accept all these challenges. We ought to be able to accept a voting challenge, especially when it's so important to our community. Let me say this. Um, I know, Francis, it's your turn. But I want to say this. I am so excited. This has actually moved me to do the candidate series that I'm doing as well. It's not just the one reaches seven, but when you say become accountable, I'm like, okay, we need to also make sure that people are getting registered to vote. So when I'm hosting these events, I've decided to like reach down in my pockets and give meals. Because one thing about it, food will get people involved too. So when yes, I say, hey, I'm making pasta, I'm making gumbo, I'm making yes, I'm making whatever I'm making and I want you to come out, get registered to vote. And I'm expecting you to vote. If you register here, we're going to follow you. And we have a way to do that. We have a way to verify if you voted or if you're not telling the truth and we will call you. <laughs> yes, we will. <laughs> so, Mr. Payne, I'm going to jump right in. Um, so with this one reach of seven, have you seen an influx? Because it, it's kind of social media driven and it's also um, kind of tech driven. And again, it's a challenge. Young people love challenges. So speak to the point of um, have you seen a rise in the younger in, in, in like the younger people voting? And do you think in turn, because we've spoken to the younger people, that this has been an offset to cause younger candidates to kind of get on the ballot? Well, first of all, uh, yes, we have seen an increase in younger voters, uh, particularly first time voters. Uh, that has been probably the most encouraging part of this One Reach of Seven uh, program or challenge, we call it, in that it is social media driven. And so, uh, you know, a lot of these challenges that go forth, people want to get involved in accepting these challenges. And when you're starting to reach young people and they are starting to reach their own, uh, I've gotten to a level, uh, I'm a little bit more senior now. And so some of the people that are first time voters, we don't necessarily see them in my age category. But when you're starting to try to reach 18 to 25 year olds that have never voted and you're seeing them at the polls and they're exercising their right to vote, I'm excited about that. Uh, I would always go up and shake someone's hand. I would try to go on Facebook Live or social media live to just encourage them to continue to do the things that they're done that they've been doing. Uh, we have had great success. I was very happy that this last election, many of the young voters, the people that they were voting for actually won. And so they felt accomplished. They felt like this is my president. This is my city councilman. This is my uh, uh, county commissioner. This is my person that that I put in office. I had a, I had something to do with that. And I think that excitement does spill over because now you have young people involved in the uh, election process and and the governance. And so we are seeing younger voters or young, younger candidates, which I'm actually excited about. Um, I see people like Brandon and AJ uh, and, 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 and those who are coming, uh, involved. And I, it's just exciting to me because I think once we get newer ideas, young ideas involved, they're bringing energy, they're bringing uh, a new concept, some things that maybe we haven't looked at in the same way. And we need to look at, uh, in, in kind of a different light. And I'm just excited about that. And I think as we continue to do one reach of seven, we're going to have more candidates. We're going to have a greater opportunity to put new people in places so that we can move our community to a new direction. Now, here's the one thing about the one reach of seven, which helps the young candidates. Because one reach of seven is not cost driven. One of the hindrance, hindrances that many young candidates have had, well, I can't raise 25 or $50,000 to run for an election. With the one reach of seven, you don't really have to raise money. You uh, can put out a couple signs, but once you collect your pyramid and you're able to do as Donna has done, she's got 200 people. I've seen her, her post. She's got 200 people that's ready to go with one telephone call. She can get that, that network working with one telephone call, one post, reaching out to her 200. And again, think about it. If her 200 starts reaching seven people, She's already got enough votes to win most city council races in Beaumont, Texas right now. So you don't really need a whole lot of money. 
Once yeah. you create the infra infrastructure, you can get this thing working. And I think that's going to be helpful to our younger voters and particularly voters who don't have the ability to raise uh, significant funds in our, our local elections. That's a great answer. Now, now James, I want if those that's listening, I want them to understand. Now, LaDonna belongs to me now. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Wait a minute. Wait, hold up. Hold up. Hold up, Tony. LaDonna belongs to LaDonna. Let's be clear. Okay. Now, I actually, technically, I belong to James. <laughs> if the truth be told, but here's the thing. James has never come at me that way. I just enjoyed it. And if I guess I go a step further, I belong to Michael Cooper. But anyway, here's the next thing of that. I am super excited that you guys are bringing this out to the young people because I think for so long, we just felt helpless. You know, if you, if you ever just talk to young people, sometimes they just feel like, their vote doesn't matter or their voice doesn't count or it's pointless or we're not affecting any change. So if you could kind of speak to, you know, Sean would send out text messages to the group and ask us, what is your biggest challenge facing, uh, you know, getting young people out to vote? The biggest challenge facing most of us that was trying to reach our seven was the feeling of hopelessness, that it doesn't count, that it doesn't matter, that it isn't going to accomplish anything. If you could say some words to our group, to our listeners, to our watchers, because you motivated me, maybe you can say something to them to let them know that the franchise is real. And, and, and we don't have to feel disenfranchised at this juncture in the game, and especially not in Southeast Texas where we have a commanding presence and voice. I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna let you speak to it. You know, and you're, you're so right, because one of the things that I found is that uh, a lot of young people feel as though this is not my time. I, no one's listening to me. And, you know, to some extent that's upon some of the older and senior and wiser uh, individuals. Uh, the 60s, the 60, uh, 60s and the 60s and early 70s during the civil rights movement, it really wasn't done by older people. It was done by the age group of people from age 18 to 25. When you look at Dr. King and, and Andrew Young and Abernathy, these guys were young. They were in that age group of 18 to 25, but they brought the energy. They brought the excitement. They, they were willing to, 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 to move forth with a movement and stand on principle. And when people didn't want to hear what they said, they would sit in or they would they would yell louder or they would protest and they would try to make sure that they were doing something that was going to change this community. And it was not the 60, you know, again, the 65, 70 year old people were there. They were there to provide wise counsel, but the young people brought the energy. And I think sometimes we're missing that because we have young people want to get involved, but they feel as though that that their their words, their message, their concerns are not being heard. And we need to we need to step back and hear what they have to say, because, you know, quite frankly, they've got great ideas. And so one of the things I've encouraged them to do is to get involved. If you want to see what's happening in city council, go to a city council meeting, ask to get on the on the agenda, stand up and tell them, I don't agree with the way you're handling this or I disagree with the way you're handling that. But get involved, get engaged. Now, here's what happens when you are involved in a one reach of seven where you are actually demonstrating that my vote matters in that you're putting out 200 people uh, voting. You've got 500 people that are voting. These elected officials will pay attention because they know you have power. Your power is not just because you, you have the ability to protest or you have the ability to speak. Your power is you have the ability to take them in and out of office. That's where your power is. And so my thing is, if you get engaged in the process, you get engaged in voting, you get educated in the, 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 the concepts that's things that are taking place and the issues that are being presented, you bring forth new ideas, new concepts. And if the people who are sitting in the seat don't want to hear what you have to say, you take them out. You have the power. That's what the that's the benefit of voting. You put people in office who should listen to their constituents. If they won't listen to their constituents, then they need to be removed. Now, it, 
I'm not saying we need to have some great coup in, in, in Southeast Texas, but if we have a group of elected officials that are not paying attention to the concerns of their constituents, not listening to the pulse of the community, they need to, to be held accountable. And that accountability goes whether or not you're 65 or you're 18. Everyone needs to be held accountable. And I think what we're seeing now is young people are saying, my vote matters. You know, when we look at the last election, some of the late the, the races were decided by less than 500 votes, 500 votes. That's in LaDonna's wheelhouse. <laughs> She's got that in her Facebook. She's got that on her Facebook post. She can move. She could she could change some of the elections here in Southeast Texas with just her. Now, imagine if she and Sean and, 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 and AJ and, and Miles and Brandon and all of these guys and ladies got together and, and start a movement where we're saying we're bringing not only our issues, we're bringing our votes. Either you're going to hear what I'm going to say or we're going to make sure we put someone in office who will hear from us. And I think that's one of the great things that I think we're seeing now. Young people are saying, look, uh, we want you to hear what we have to say. And if you won't listen to us, we will uh, run ourselves and we will hold those offices. Now, look, here's the thing that's going to happen. You're going to have young people running for office and they're going to make some mistakes. So what? So did we. Uh, are they listening to some of the wrong people? Absolutely. They're missing, listening to some of the wrong people. So did we. Are they doing all the right things? No, they're not. Neither did we. It's a learning process. And I think what needs to happen is some of your senior, more, more wiser, seasoned uh, leaders probably should take some of these younger uh, candidates and take them under their wings and start giving them some of the advice and some of the issues that we've learned along the way so that they're not having to bump their heads all over again like we did. Now, again, it's incumbent upon the young candidates, uh, young people to start saying, hey, let me pay attention because I don't want to reinvent the wheel. If you've already done this, I don't want to do the same thing and make the same mistakes. But I think it takes us to come together for the the, the, the senior people to listen to the younger people and the younger people people to listen to that wise counsel. That's how we're going to move our community in the, in the next direction. Okay. Francis. So yeah, speaking to the strategies um, in winning the election, what do you think would be the, I mean, cause Southeast Texas, we're used to the same old, same old, um, I guess campaigning and do you, what, what, is, what would be a better strategy? What is the strategy? To winning well, an election. Well, first of all, the one of the problems is we don't have a strategy, and that's why we keep losing elections. Uh, we don't have a strategy, and I think that needs to change. Uh, we 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 want to run because it seems popular. Uh, when when you run, you need to run with a specific purpose of how am I going to win? Mm -hmm. it, it, just getting in a race because I want people to hear what I have to say. That's only going to last through the candidacy. Once the election is over with, if you're not in office all of your platforms and all of your ideas and all of your concepts will probably fade away. You need to get an office. If you're going to run, try to run to win. So you need to sit down and figure out where will my votes come from? That would be strategy number one. Uh, if, if box 81, a precinct 81, a precinct six, a precinct four, these are strong boxes for me, then I need to spend time working those areas. I need to do block walking. I need to make sure that, that the people in that community are going to be able to hear what I'm having to say. And I'm going to spend my time in the one reach of seven, making sure those people get to the polls and vote. It makes no sense from a strategic standpoint to go block walk a place where only 20 or 15% of that pe those people will vote. When you've got a community where 60 percent of the people were going to vote, you need to spend more time pushing that area. I'm not wait, saying. This, wait, this, this, go ahead. You slow down because you're saying that, but we really need to sink that in, darling. I need you to really slow that. That I need you to help me because I've been working with people and they want to be all over the place. Can you please slow that down and focus? Because see, that's your strategy, number one. And when I say that from a public relations standpoint, they're like, oh, no, I'm trying to reach all these people. No, you're not. Yeah. You have got to focus on the people that are because say that again. I'm sorry. I don't want I just want you to slow down and please break that down a little bit. It, it just makes sense. Look, when when Trump, I'm going to use Trump, for example, 
when Trump decided to run for president, he went after a specific group of people. He mm -hmm. targeted that group of people. He 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 lasered his points on the issues that he thought was going to get those individuals out to vote for him. And surprisingly, it worked. Uh, the, he was very, very focused. It was not a shotgun approach. It was a rifle approach, very lace, lasered. Same thing should happen even in Southeast Texas. When you know that this particular community, this box, again, whatever box it is, eight, uh, precinct eight, precinct 61, precinct six, uh, four, if that is a strong box where you're going to have a great number of turnout, these people more likely than not are going to be supporting your issues. Why not focus on the place where you're going to have the greatest support? That does not mean you cannot support the entire community, but you will not be able to reach. We've got an election coming up in the next couple of months. You're not going to be able to reach and touch everybody in Beaumont. It would be nice. You say, well, maybe I'll just do a commercial. Fine. How many people are watching commercials right now? Most people are watching Netflix. So here's a better way. Here's a strategic way. Let me target the people who are actually going to vote. You can check the election bo boxes to see. These are our likely voters. They voted in the last three elections. These are people who are probably going to vote again. Let's target those folks. Let's make sure that they understand these are my issues. These are the ones. These are the things that I, I'm going to make sure you understand my platform. And then you make sure that they're in your seven. You need to make sure they're one of your seven because they are going to be your likely voters. Block walking a place where there are only two people living in that whole neighborhood that's likely to vote makes no sense. I know you want to support the neighborhood. We want to encourage all people to vote. Uh, and, and I don't want to just dismiss a particular neighborhood. But when you're trying to be strategic, you need to find out where the votes are coming from. And then you need to spend your time making sure that those votes are turning out with your issues. That's how you become strategic. And here's the next step. Not only do you focus on the voting, once you focus on getting the votes out, if your candidate gets into a runoff, and here is where I think we are really missing the boat in Southeast Texas. We do not support our comeback out for runoffs. That's right. That is so true. In Southeast Texas. If my, you know, we've got three candidates running right now, uh, whatever, for whatever position, we've got three candidates running. If my candidate doesn't win and didn't get in a runoff, a lot of times in Southeast Texas, we're just done. Oh, I, I'm not going to vote anymore because my candidate didn't win. We need to unify ourselves. Just because your candidate didn't win the initial runoff doesn't mean you should stop voting. You still need to be engaged in the process. And here's the, the way this works. You look at Biden and Kamala Harris. When Biden and Kamala Harris were in the, the presidential uh, primary, the Democratic primary, Biden's main opponent in the debate was Kamala Harris. She was giving him everything and some in the, in the <laughs> But when Biden became the candidate for the Democratic primary, he went back and brought with him Kamala Harris. And they formed a great team. And as a team, they unified a party and encouraged everyone to vote, not just Biden people. Kamala Harris folks came together. You had uh, Elizabeth Warren's people came together. You had everyone's uh, Bernie Sanders people start coming together. We start coming together unified so that we can take one purpose in that trying to make sure that we won the race. What we're doing in Southeast Texas, if my person didn't win, I'm done. We're we're dividing ourselves. And when we yes. divide ourselves, we destroy ourselves. That's right, James. And you know, another thing I, <clears throat> another thing I catch on to what they do is that that candidate that loses that race and is in a runoff to the other candidate that uh, that's in the runoff, that candidate doesn't support the candidate that's running. So you're not, it's not falling into the place with the, uh, the voters saying, okay, we're done. So what can we do to change that mindset? Well, typically, typically the way it's supposed to happen is when <laughs> you lose the a particular race, uh, the person who lost generally will call the person who won and say congratulations on winning your primary or getting into the runoff. And it would then become on the person who won to say, I would love to have your support and your work. 
you would hope because if you are in the same primary or you have similar issues, you contact your your people, your seven, and say, look, I'm not in the race. I didn't have enough votes to make the runoff. However, I see that Tony, I see that LaDonna, I see that AJ, they, they have the similar issues that I have. I wish I could have been that person, but we need to have somebody who's going to speak on behalf of our issues. And then I need to have the same energy for the person who's in the seat, who's running as if I were running myself. That's right. And I think what happens is when, when our candidates fall off and they feel like, well, I didn't win. I'm just going to back off. They no longer have that energy that I still need to work. Look, if we're going to have change, if we're going to have right. real change, we're going to have accountability. We need to have accountability from the voters. We need to have accountability from the candidates so that when you step out, if you step out and you were really serious about changing this community because you didn't get the chance to, to represent that party or that particular issue, and now you're out, you right. probably weren't the person in the first place. I just right. think it's the same energy. I completely agree. You to stand up and say, I'm going to make sure a person is in the position so that we can make this community better. If it's not me, I'm out. I'm going to take my ball. Right. I'm going home. I'm not going to let anybody play with my ball. Then go ahead and go home. Because right. we need somebody who's going to stand up there and speak on behalf of our community. You know what? I said this in a meeting recently. I said, don't tell me that you love Beaumont. Originally, don't tell me that you care about Beaumont. Don't tell me that Beaumont is the focus because when it's no longer about you, then you're not concerned. That means that Beaumont was never the focus from the jumpstart beginning. Go. Here's the thing. I'm the Southeast Texas Stacey Abrams, baby. I don't, I'm not running for a single office, but I want Beaumont to win. So whatever that means, that's what I'm willing to do. I'm not, I don't have no skin in the game. I want to see a better Beaumont. I want Beaumont to progress and be everything that it can be. At the end of the day, I think we need more candidates that are going to do that. And you could not have said it better that when you don't make the cut or when you're decided not to be the best candidate for the job, you share that same energy. Keep that same energy for the next candidate because we share the common goal of bettering our community and the future Amen. of our kids. That's what we're about. I'm super excited to have you well, on. Let me tonight. just say this before I make it this plug. I want to make Beaumont better, but I certainly want to make Port Arthur better. I'm a Port Arthur born and raised boy. Okay, okay, I got you. Shout out to my yeah. Port Arthur people. Much yeah. love. I think Southeast Jefferson Texas. County. Let's just yeah. include Jefferson County. Yeah. Southeast Texas needs to be better. And I think it can be. We just, right. we, we, we've got to keep the energy. We've got to keep the excitement. We have to have knowledge. I, I appreciate what you guys are doing, particularly introducing the candidates to the people in the community. So I know who they are and what they're all about. But we have to be strategic. We have to be very strategic that we're putting forth good qualified candidates who understand the issues, who are ready to speak on our behalf. Again, whether or not it's me personally or not, what's more important is that we have somebody who's willing to voice our issues. It's not about the person, it's about the issues and the policies. And I think we need to get past that, well, He's not, he or she's not black or he or she's not white. He or she's not a Republican or Democrat. Look, they got some black people that don't support our issues. They got mm -hmm. some white people that, that support our issues. Everybody black is not right and everybody white's not wrong. Okay. Uh, That's right. We got to keep that. We got to, we got to get out of that. We got to well, their issues and what do they stand for? Well, I'm going to tell you just, I, I came and I sat in on, I think you did a one reach of seven over at Paradise, I think within the last voting cycle. Yes. And when you said that, you blew me away. I have never heard anyone put it out there like that and make it seem that it's safe for you not to have to select a side or you don't have to select a color. So I really appreciate that concept and that mindset. So thank you for putting that energy out there. Because that right there, that is that that I think kind of touches people that are not completely decided. It make it gives them a comfort spot. It gives them a comforting zone. So thank you for putting that idea out there that way. And I also want to appreciate you for making it okay to not reach the primary and still endorse and support other candidates. That's okay. Yes. You can't win them all. And when you yes. don't, my thing is this. We're not being taught or encouraged to bow out gracefully. There's a graceful way to embrace uh, having not um, completed the mission or been successful in all your endeavors. 
There's nothing wrong in bowing out gracefully. There's nothing right. wrong in endorsing other people and throwing your support behind somebody else. As long as the overarching mission gets accomplished, it's not about me. Sometimes it's bigger than me. Sometimes right. it's not about you. It's bigger than you. Sometimes it's not about, or maybe maybe it's timing. You know what I mean? We, we've got to get into the, we're, we're too zoomed in. Sometimes I think we need to zoom out a little oh, wow. bit. And, and and let it be what it needs to be for everybody. I'm excited about this. You know, I, I say that even when it comes to churches, because, you know, a lot of people, when you listen to a choir, and I'm at Cathedral of Faith, I love our choir. <laughs> what makes the choir special is that it's a choir. Uh, everyone has a voice, which makes a great sound. But if you're sitting there saying, I can't listen to the song because I'm not leading the song, or I'm not going to be touched because I'm not the leader of the song, then you're missing the concept. We need everyone. We need altos. We need sopranos. We need tenors. We, we may need someone who's going to lead the song, and maybe this is their song to lead, but maybe it's not their song to lead. That doesn't mean that there's not a mission in the song. There's not a message in the song. There's not an opportunity for us to gain something uh, of value in the song. We need everybody to sing. We may only need one person to lead, but your voice is as important as the leader's voice on this particular occasion. But but so many people, especially in our community, if I'm not leading the song, I'm not singing. And we gotta get past that. And so sometimes we gotta drop our ego at the door. Right. And um, and humble ourselves and come forward. Now, James, I'm gonna be messy here now. I'm a little, you know, I'm always petty. That's all right. <laughs> what are your outlook? What do you think about the, the candidates for this next, you know, election may election city of Beaumont. How do you, it I, not to not to get too deep, but what are your thoughts on it? Regarding the, the candidates and um and the candidates. Um just generally not particularly a race. Look, no. I'll say this we have some very talented talent candidates uh in in the mayor's race as well as some of the city council rates uh, that I think can bring about change in the community. I am concerned that we have not gotten to a point of unity. Mm -hmm. And if we are not careful, we're going to divide ourselves and we're going to destroy ourselves. Uh, again, I am not so big on whether or not they're black, white, purple, or pink as I am about their issues. And we need to listen to the candidates and what their issues are. And I don't care if they have never held an office, uh, if they have good ideas and the good concepts, knowledge about the issues and willing to speak that those issues going forward. I want to hear what they have to say. Uh, now, if we've got candidates and, 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 and you brought it up, so I'm a, I guess let me go ahead and push it. Uh, if you want to seek an office and you don't know anything about the position, or you've never, you know, you've never even attended a, a city council meeting. You've never talked about the issues that's relevant. You don't know anything about the budget. You don't know anything about what they do. You don't know even really understand the the the, the precinct or the wards in which you represent. You need to go sit down somewhere. You need to get more knowledge about the job so that you're ready to be a voice for the people. Now that can happen. And that doesn't take a whole lot of work, but you need to be educated because if you get up there and you're just running because I've got a great name, you go sit down. We need people who are knowledgeable. We need people who are experienced. And I don't mean experienced as far as I've got 10 years of political experience. You know, you don't need to have a whole lot of political experience. You have to care about the community. Right. But you do need to have some knowledge about what the job is because don't come to my office or don't come to me asking me for for me to endorse you for a particular candidacy, and you don't even know anything about the about the, the, the position itself. Have you talked to anybody? Have you read anything? Do you know even the rules? Do you even know what, what ward you represent? If you don't know those basic things, you don't know the last election, because I'm gonna ask anyone who comes into me, who comes to talk to me, how do you win? Where are you gonna get your votes from? Well, I'm I just think if I just you don't have a platform. That's right. And then you need to go sit down. Go right. sit down and get yourself right. educated now, and then come back. And I'll, I'll tell them better than that. Go sit your ass down. 
<laughs> you don't know what and or they need to seek out the help of a public yeah. relations person or somebody that can and then you have to listen because even if somebody's helping you you got to your ass not just sit your ass down open your ears <laughs> hey, but what did i tell you try to oversell yourself so, you know mr Payne, <laughs> when do you think these candidates should be involved should have been um in the community should I, they have been in the community five years should they have been contributing to their community one year what would you say would be the importance of them just being engaged in their community well i think that depends How on long? I think that depends on which race you're talking about, because okay. if if I'm representing just Ward 2, then I need to make sure the people in Ward 2 know who I am. Now, you're not just representing Ward 2, you're representing Beaumont, but I should not run, in my opinion, this is me, uh, I shouldn't <laughs> be running for a countywide race if only people in Ward 2 know me. Gotcha. Uh, so I think there's no particular time frame. I wouldn't put it on five years, two years, 10 years. Uh, because you can be in the community for 10 years, but you've done nothing for 10 years. Okay. And so you need to sit yourself down. Uh, <laughs> you need to be involved where people have seen that this is not just your first rodeo. You've been engaged in the community for a long time. You've spoken out on issues. You've been involved in trying to help others get elected. You've you've done some things to try to encourage people to make sure that their voices are heard. You've challenged those people who are sitting in the seat now. Uh, have you done those things? If you have done those things and these people have not listened, then maybe it's time for them to be replaced. I always ask people when we're going to challenge an existing candidate, what is that uh, an existing uh, elected official? What has that person done who's sitting there wrong, done wrong? Uh, we've got great county commissioners right now. Uh, I, it, certainly, I think at least two for sure uh, that I think are great county commissioners. If somebody decided they want to run against uh, Commissioner Bo Alford right now, I would say, why? What has he done wrong? And what are you going to do different? If you're running just because I think I can do better, tell me what he's done wrong. And if you can't, you can't tell me that he's done anything wrong. Well, let's just encourage him to keep doing what he's doing and maybe encourage him to, to look a little bit more at some of the specific issues we have. Now, again, if he is not doing those things right and, and you can make it better and he's not listening, that would be a different scenario. But I'm not just going to run just because I want to have my name on a billboard. Right answer. <laughs> I, really, yeah, well, I really like to dive a little yeah. deeper in this. And sure. I know our time is limited, but uh, I look at the race that's going forward. All the candidates are in. We know where we are. We've got seven, six in, at large, seven at large, I think. Uh, one dropped off, so we have six at large. We've got uh, two in ward, no, one in ward one two, three in Ward 2, and three in Ward uh, 4, am I correct? So um, the wards is more important, sometimes more important than the marriage race. Uh, and again, we always talked about take two to bring it up and four to prove it. So James, tell me, what is the strategy uh, in winning this election? Uh, I don't want to make this a black or white issue, but let me make a black and white issue for this for this answer. Uh, for this answer, let me make it black and white. And I, and again, I'm I'm not big, and every black person is good for is going to be supportive issues. But for the purpose of this answer, let me say this. Uh, and so, if anybody quotes me, I hope they quote me right. Uh, it takes four to get anything done. And if we are sitting here concentrating on Ward 2 and Ward 4, that's only two votes. Right. And if we are spending our time dividing ourselves over the mayor's race, at the end of the day, we will lose the mayor's race, mm -hmm. possibly lose the at-large race, mm -hmm. win Ward 2, win, win Ward 4. We only have two votes. We're not going to get anything done. Absolutely. And so, again, that's strategic. You need to be mindful that, that we've got the ability... To, to carry Ward 2, Ward 4, we have the ability to win an at-large position. But even if we don't win the mayor's race, which we can't win if we divide ourselves, but even if we're not, maybe we can win something else where we might be able to carry four votes. Because, you know, I look at AJ. I know AJ very well. He's a young, great young man. I think he's got a great energy, great platform. He can say whatever he wants. But if there are only three votes 
he can't get anything done. That's right. So you have to think about that before we start dividing ourselves over a mayor's race. That's only one vote. Don't divide the community over one vote when we still need four to win. That's right. That's why unity is so important. Again, I'm not making this straight, straight race, but you got to be strategic because there might be a candidate or might be an issue that we might be able to coexist with someone else in a particular, a different ward or a different at large position that might listen to our issues. And right. if they are, we might need to get behind them. That's right. If, if they support our issues, not if they do not, you know, we might need to make another little choice, but we've got to be strategic. It takes four votes, guys. Got to have four votes. I'm so, I'm so happy about this podcast tonight. I am so happy that we got to hone in and target on some major topics and issues that needed to be addressed. And we are building a coalition. So I'm happy that you said that as well. We're not, we're not restricting ourselves. We're broadening our coalition to include other people who may share our same sentiment on issues and concerns all around Beaumont. So we need four votes. It don't matter where the four votes come from. If you share our sentiment that you're ready for change, that you want a bigger agenda, that you want a bigger Beaumont, that you want a better Beaumont, a more beautiful Beaumont, a more robust economy and infrastructure and economic development and education and all of these different things, then this is where the coalition comes from. Because what we're saying on Knowledge is Power podcast live is we don't care if you black, blue, purple, grizzly, gray or green. We want to better Beaumont and we want that initiative and those platforms and that objective to come together. If that doesn't happen, heads will roll. And it's not based on uh, one thing or the other. It's just about improving the condition of the community. I'm excited. Totally. You're great. James, would you like to share anything else with us that we did not hit on? And I, I don't want to miss nothing because it's been a great podcast tonight. And uh, we have quite a few people going to be watching it or listening to it all over the country. And we want to make sure that you get your last, you, you tell it like it is. And you have done that part. Well, I would say this, as we bring in these new candidates, let's lift them up. Uh, even if we are not voting for them, let's not try to throw them away. They are coming with energy and new ideas. We have a generation that have felt that's, that's felt like their vote did not matter. Their voices are not heard. They are now stepping up to the table and saying, I want to participate in the process. That is a great thing. Again, I'm not saying that they are necessarily the right candidate for that, posi that position at this time, but we need to bring them into the process, encourage them, introduce them to the people that they need to know, make sure they, they have the knowledge that they need. So even if this is not their time or this is not their term to run, we can still keep them engaged in the process so that we can get them better equipped so that when it is their time, and I, I, I don't want to say that time because a lot of people start going, well, everybody thinks you got it. It's not my time. It's not my turn. I need to wait. I, I'm not suggesting age has anything to do with it. I'm saying knowledge experience. You can be experienced at 21. You can be you can have no experience at 51. So I think it's important that you have the right experience and then the right energy. Give them the right concerns. Are they going to make mistakes? Absolutely. And so did we. But just because they make a mistake or just because they listen to the wrong people or just because they rely on wrong resources, that's not that's not a reason to dismiss them. That's a reason for us to bring them into the fold and try to encourage them to make them stronger so that we can be a better community, not a better black community, not a better white community, but a better community. And if the black people won't get on that board or if the white people won't get on that board, they need to be replaced if they're black, white, purple or pink. We need people who are going to do what's best for our community. That's my message. Thank you, James. LaDonna. All I want to say is um, I will be promoting uh, the One Richard Seven Challenge, 
and I won't be just reaching one. I won't be just reaching seven. I won't just be reaching 47 or 57, baby. I will be ringing your phone. I will be hitting your line. I will be hitting your Facebook page. I will be in your face and on your, I'm going to be everywhere during this election season. So if you think you don't like me now or you tired of listening to me, you can just get ready because I'm going to be all over everything. And I promise one thing. To bring you transparency, honesty, introduce you to the candidates and let you make an informed decision. But I will be promoting you to participate. Knowledge is Power Podcast Live. We're going to bring you candidates. We're going to bring you updates. We're going to have our pulse on the community like we normally do. We're going to have our hand on the pulse of the community like we normally do. And this, this election is important. It's not like any other election. Because here's the thing. We got a bunch of candidates that are coming out from everywhere new people and up and comers and all of these different things. And we want to make sure that we get the most for Beaumont. I am super excited about what James Payne is doing. He is a mentor, a staple in the community and just an overall good guy and somebody that you can look up to and take some sound advice with. So I'm, I'm proud to be a part of this podcast. And Tony, I know you're going to make sure that we give it to them straight, if nothing else. <laughs> right. We're not gonna pull no punches. You gonna you gonna you gonna tell it like it is. And I'm gonna try to reel your ass in sometimes. Okay. So We're gonna shoot you straight between our eyes. <laughs> so I'm excited. I'm glad we got to have this dialogue. We needed this tonight. The community needs this. And at least people know what we're thinking, where we're coming from, what we need, what we want, and how to strategically plan for running for office, which is important because it's not enough to just say you want to have your picture taken or whatever. We need to make sure that you know what you're saying, when you say, what you say, and that you're prepared. Somebody said that look is when preparation meets opportunity. So be prepared when the opportunity comes your way. Okay, that's what we can work on. <laughs> Thank you, James, one more time. Francis, at Sporting Coast, co-host. And yes. Madonna, we'll see you on Tuesdays at 8 o'clock right here on the Knowledge is Power Podcast Live. Thank you for watching Knowledge is Power Podcast Live. Be sure to like and subscribe to all Knowledge is Power social media pages.